Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 29 of a wild podcast has appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com. That's the fastest I think I have done it. Yes. No mistakes. Getting good at it. I am one of your hosts, Jim Viscardi, and as always, uh, Megan Peters is back on the couch with me. I am bronchitis free. And Christian Huffer is, as always, on the line. Welcome, Christian. Hello, hello, hello. This is a big, big show. It is Pokemon Sword and Shield Review Day. Yes. You're listening to this, yes. all the reviews came out yesterday, but uh, we are going to talk about, we're going to get as in-depth as we can, because there are still some things that we can't talk about uh, about Sword and Shield um, in today's episode and uh, and more. But there is a ton of news. If you're new to the show, we cover everything Pokemon related. We cover the games, both video and trading card and mobile and any anything else Pokemon sticks it? Well, look, if they put them out Pokemon Monopoly, which they did uh, maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, I had it. Two versions. Uh, Two yeah. versions. Yeah, yeah there's it. the gold and silver. Canto That's the one I have. We, we would cover it. Uh, those are those are things that would be covered on this show. We cover the anime, manga, uh, Pokemon stuff, including we all got our Pokemon shirts and we are wearing them. So if you are on the watching the video, uh, you will see us in what looks like normal business attire, except for Christian who got the Hawaiian cut. Uh, yeah, they came in. They're pretty cool. These are from the original Stitch thing. They're still available now. I got my Graveler print on the outside. If you're watching, it's pretty cool. And then I got the, the I got great. the Golem uh, on the cuff. No Geodude because Geodude color didn't really go. It was like blue and yeah, weird. Yeah, it was like a straight. I wasn't sure where where to put it. But I'll say that though that shirt is the coolest that Golem and Graveler uh-huh. have ever looked. Oh, right. Ever. Wow. wow. Megan's got the, she's wearing yeah. the jo- rocking the Jolteon print. It's super cute. It's a lot cute. smaller than uh, uh, I thought it was going to be, but yeah. I really like it. It's so tiny. Like, I got, I added it with the yellow buttons. Oh, so it goes. Choice. So I opted for the yellows because you can customize a lot of this, buttons. I got the pocket because I have... A lot of like a lot of things to keep. My phone actually fits in there pretty nicely, which mm-hmm. is an A plus. Or my AirPods, which mm. great. Um, but yeah, it's like little white and yellow lightning bolts, and then Jolteon's like all over it. And for anyone who's listened to the podcast, I'm sorry I didn't get Vaporeon. <laughs> the pattern just did not work with my complexion. <laughs> I <laughs> sorry. I want to make sure I can wear this shirt forever. I love it. It's a really awesome material, super light. Mm-hmm. So like, definitely can wear it in the summer still in the hot humid south but yeah yeah i know look i know there were a lot of people who were just like oh man i've been on the fence if you like if i saw someone with one of these and i was on the fence yeah i, I definitely would go for it yeah 10 um, out of 10 i'm definitely looking forward to like people commenting on how awesome my shirt is like i i own a disney hawaiian shirt mm-hmm. which has all the um like patches from the different rides mm-hmm. and like i get so many compliments on that and i fully expect that people will give me the same amount of compliments about this it's a great th- these really are great looking shirts what i love I'm, about this one like like they're like if you were to just see me walk into a room you would have no idea that there were a bunch of mini gravelers on here, like unless yeah. you like yeah. slowly stopped and look, which I actually kind of like. Like they're, yeah, you know, a lot of them are, uh, yeah, are like that. Which yeah, is it's really difficult to tell. Some of yeah, them mine, are more obvious. Some of them you do are need to look obvious. at the patterns. Just forewarning, don't just on Christmas be like, just give me one of these original Stitch shirts because that friend of yours will get you the Lickitung <laughs> one, and I promise you, you don't want to wear that to your Monday meeting. I mean, maybe. No. I mean, I mean, you do. Right, sure. I mean, if you want to be served with, like, sexual harassment training like, <laughs> on the spot. Yes, but any of these three shirts, for sure, A+. plus. 
Uh, all right. Well, let's start talking about Sword and Shield. So we're gonna. Okay. If you're new to the show, we break it down into three sections. Uh, we do a bunch of quick hit news items in the first half. We take a little bit of a break. Then we do a deep dive discussion. Obviously, today will be a deeper dive into uh, our thoughts and impressions on Sword and Shield. And at the very end, Christian gives us a Pokemon fact of the week, uh, which is the fan fa- fan favorite. Segment there you go. There you go. I believed in you. Yeah, I, it took me a second there. We are all kind of coming back from a colds, really, with the exception of Hoffer. Uh, Megan obviously wasn't here last week. Mm-hmm. I uh, got sick over the weekend, and that was not fun. Uh, mm-hmm. but enough about our personal sickness health problems. <laughs> let's talk let's about talk the... Let's talk about, so we got a new trailer last week. Based yes. li- uh, basically well, like, no, it was, it was two days ago. Oh, was it two uh, days ago? I guess I thought yeah. it came out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it was. it was two days ago. Me and Megan are kind of in a weird place right now because it showed off Pokemon that haven't were previously not available. Mm-hmm. But we can't really talk about what those Pokemon <laughs> are due to the embargo. One of them appears to be Mr. Mime, only he's wearing a bowler hat. He has a cane. He's a little bit chubbier. So you have that to look forward to, and we will talk about that more next week there's also another strange ghostly pokemon that appears to be holding like stones that show some sort of serpentine dragon thing once again we don't know what that pokemon is i'm winking into the camera um but we probably will on friday when we can talk about it yes so um, but it was really just like kind of like an overview trailer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it uh, besides these like two flashes of like you know um, like Fat Cat Mr. Mime and this Ghost Pokemon. There there wasn't really much else uh, that wasn't just a recap. It it did have some of like the um, new music from the game, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. just the music honestly is like one of the low key best parts about this game. Like um, there's the, it it had like a chant. I think I'm allowed to say this. During the gym battles, the crowd will start to like chant, like, you know, kind of like the British soccer chants. And mm-hmm. that trailer had that in there. And that chant is so, like, it is an earworm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, <laughs> all day long, I'll just start humming, like, da, 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 da. Da 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 da. It's like just it's in my head constantly. It's like damn you Brits and your soccer chants and that somehow <laughs> made it into freaking Pokemon Sword Shield. Yeah, so no. yeah, so that that was that was the like big overview trailer that mm-hmm. got released which showed the new Pokemon. There was also another trailer that did come out last week which is probably the one that you're thinking of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that they told us a bit more about. That was the training one, right? Yeah, that yeah. that one that was the one which like, hey, you know how like no one unless you're like super dedicated toward the game, no one actually goes and trains up their Pokemon to be viable at competitive levels so you can like go to like the local Pokemon tournaments. Yeah, we're making that a thousand times easier. It's great. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so they're gonna have mints now. So every every Pokemon has a nature. For those of you who aren't like hardcore Pokemon fanatics, and those natures determine uh, it gives one Pokemon an extra, it gives uh, one of the Pokemon's six core stats, HP, attack, defense, special attack, special defense, and speed. It gives one of those a 10% boost, and it decreases another one by 10%. So uh, people try to find, like, the right nature to boost, you know, to boost a Pokemon's, like, optimal stat by that 10% while making sure it doesn't impact 
one of their other stats. Um, so there's like 25 of these natures. And before, the only way you could, there, there was only a certain couple of ways you could like guarantee that your Pokemon got the right nature. And they were tedious. Mm-hmm. So tedious. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> tedious. I cannot <laughs> emphasize that enough. And so now you just feed your Pokemon a mint. And while it doesn't technically change the Pokemon's nature due to the fact that nature does play a role in breeding, uh, it does basically give your Pokemon that 10% increase and 10% decrease in the stats that the mint. So like you'll have like a bashful mint or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so increase that stat and decrease the other stat regardless of what your Pokemon's actual nature is. So that that's a big boost. IVs are, it's a lot easier to raise IVs now. IVs is another thing mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Um, their, their individual values are kind of like these secret stats, which again boost and... Uh, like determine a Pokemon's like maximum potential strength. Um, it's a lot easier to do those. Um, uh, it's a lot easier to learn egg moves, which, you know, is the only way that certain Pokemon are like viable in competitive spheres because they don't necessarily know certain attacks. And so this gives them an extra boost. A lot easier to learn those now. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Basically, it's it's just a thousand times easier. Like, I might actually make a competitive Pokemon team because it, it won't take you, like, 18 hours of grinding to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, I think, the, the thing. I remember uh, way back, you know, way back when, when I f- first got into it, like, the, the whole competitive aspect of it was really, really interesting to me, and I had way more time to burn. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. But then, you know, obviously as I I got older and, you know, time comes at a premium these days, I was just like, oh, there's no, I just, you know, wanting to, it's weird because like you'll get attached to certain Pokemon that you play with and you will want those Pokemon to be as strong and as best as they can because then inevitably you're going to fight your friends and you want whatever edge you can get there. Yep. At, you know, at a very basic level of, you know, for competition, uh, you know, like that that will always sort of be there. But you know, there will be times where, like, I wouldn't even necessarily want to bother because I was just like, oh, no, it's going to be impossible to, like, for me to want this team of of these Pokemon to be, like, who I go out and beat all my friends with, it's going to be impossible. So uh, seeing this and, and just sort of, you know, seeing, you know, what some of the implications are for it had me real excited because then I, I think, like I said, I think it just gives you another level of potential emotional investment uh, in the game that's not necessarily one you would expect, uh, or if you did, uh, one that will, will obviously come um, much easier, which is which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, I think that, like, you know, the, the competitive Pokemon community kind of has, like, shrank a little bit in yep. recent years. Um, just That's just, like, my anecdotal uh, thoughts about that. Like, I, I could be 100% wrong. But it just seems to me that, you know, especially with the release of Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, you know, uh, the the metagame got kind of, like, stale. And also, there there really is a barrier to doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, that's fine. Like, there's a barrier to playing, like, sports competitively. You know, like, Mm -hmm. if you want, there's, there's a difference between, like, playing a pickup game of basketball and, like, trying to do something in, like, a competitive league, even if it's, like, a park league or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, it's just, you know... It's interesting, though. Like, you would think that, like, Pokemon is almost a perfect esports game. And while, like, the competition, you know, like, 
like it still exists, but it feels mm-hmm. like Pokemon Company almost consciously has kind of moved away from that being a focus to like I feel like the the competition in the trading card game space has become a much bigger deal for the Pokemon Company than necessarily the competition for the actual in the actual games itself. Um. Yeah. Yes and no. Um. Like I, I think that they they really want to keep that video game you know space uh, viable. Yeah. I think they've just struggled. You know. I I think that re- is really what the issue is. Is is they've really just struggled. You know. It's it's not exactly. It's kind of a clicky atmosphere. Not in a, necessarily a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh. But also the meta game once again got kind of like stagnant over a while. So everyone was using the same freaking Pokemon teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um over and over it was all some variant and you you sort of see that in the cards too but the difference is is that the 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 card metagame changes every three months Mm -hmm. with the release of a new card set and so i think that's a big a big freaking deal um and 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 you know i think in the back of their mind when they did sword and shield and they made the cuts that they cut you know i think that there was an eye of kind of shaking the metagame and the competitive metagame up a lot. But yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I, cause I think that Pokemon esports really, there, there is room to grow. It's, it's very insular right now. It's separate from all the big esports stuff. Like you, you never see like people get sponsorships from it mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like you do in literally every other arena. Um, and it does get like decent, uh, traffic in terms of like it, how many people watch it. Like it gets the same as like a lot of other, not like main like it's not doesn't get the traffic of like overwatch league but it it does pretty good Mm -hmm. um i think that there's a lot to be desired also like watching 3ds games competitively kind of it sucks yeah the the vg scale with the 3ds like i feel like that's one of the huge benefits that you're talking about with these you know, the mints and the the ability to like change IVs a little bit more easily and being able to intensively train your Pokemon um, for, for competitive matches, tournament matches, local play, whatever. Um, it makes it super accessible, which I think is a great way to kind of introduce new blood to the competitive scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. at the, I mean, I've become like a really big like fan of watching like the, um, the esports pocket tournaments. So like mm-hmm. whenever those are at the worlds or regional champions, you like always watch it cause it's so interesting. But again, like that meta game and like everything's pretty stale at that point. And same with the VGA tournaments for the 3DS. I very rarely watch those cause I'm just like, all right, I've seen this so many times. It's the same yeah. exact Pokemon. They're the exact same level. You're using the same TMs. It's all the same. Um, I think that this new accessibility for sword and shield aligned with how easy it is to just pick up a switch and do, you know, multiplayer and play with other people. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way to kind of introduce, you know, a rising generation with esports now that they're more familiar and thinking like like cuz like when I started playing Pokemon and same for all of us here like esports weren't a thing. No. <laughs> like we were like no. I, there's no point in me like playing like playing like that, but like kids like my my little cousins and like my boyfriends like their nephews and his nephews and stuff they they think that like they think mm-hmm. like oh I could like do this on YouTube and like be like competitive like <laughs> and they're like seven they're like teeny tiny small children yep. <laughs> so like I feel like that'll be an interesting shift moving forward um, especially because those are the kids who like when they were five were already chess. playing Pokemon Go mm-hmm. and now this is like their first like mainline entry into the game so mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how that shift will work with the with the scene moving forward. 
moving along, we uh, Sword and Shield is launching with Gigantamax event. Yes, which is pretty. So cool. this this is kind of tying into what we kind of assume is what's going to keep people coming back to Pokemon Sword and Shield once they kind of get through the storyline. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing these like Gigantamax raid events, which is similar to what Pokemon Go does. Uh, so we're starting off with, uh, you'll have, there'll be more Gigantamax Butterfree raids. So these are uh, raids, uh, which are these four-person multiplayer things. Or you can do them offline, too. Like, it's not necessarily you have to be online to do it. You just get uh, some random NPC Pokemon, which may or may not help you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't really talk more about that, though. Um, so uh, everyone will get a chance to capture uh, Gigantamax Butterfree. Uh, sword Shields, uh, Sword users will also get a chance to get the Gigantamax Dreadnought. Shield users will get a chance to get Gigantamax Corviknight. Now, some of these Pokemon can be caught in the wild. Well, all three of those Pokemon you can obtain in the wild. There's a chance that... Every Dreadnought that you get will be Gigantamax, but this is kind of a way to help guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for completionists, it's a great way to like guarantee it. Plus, as we've seen, the Gigantamax Butterfree is basically Mothra. So yes. <laughs> if you really need Mothra on your side, and let's be honest, who here in this room or listening to this podcast doesn't need Mothra on their side, uh, you should do it. So. Well, we've also speculated in the past that this format will be used to potentially introduce new Pokemon, potentially via DLC or whatnot, but Christian already just rolled his eyes and was like, nope. No, I didn't. I didn't roll my eyes. I shook my head, but I can't comment on that until Friday. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes and no. I think think that our our speculation could be correct, but uh, we have some... Good and bad news on that front that we can't talk about due to embargo stuff until next week. I think um, as a delivery method, though, it would be cool. It would be. It's better they than... they kind of like, look like the Mario, like the, like we've seen in the footage. They're just mm-hmm. like, they look like wells. They could be like Mario tunnels. He's <laughs> just like <laughs> random yeah, Pokemon basically. come up. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> like, yeah, please. Yeah, uh, a fountain I, I of Pokemon. <laughs> I don't really understand. Like, so... I, I think we can talk about this. Like, so in the wild area, the, yeah, there's basically these little, like, holes in the ground, which are, like, Gigantamax dens, and sometimes they're glowing, and they got a sh- big beam of light shooting up, which says that there's a Gigantamax, or a uh, Dynamax Pokemon inside. And so, but the, 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 the holes themselves are pretty small. And so, like, <laughs> the concept is, is that you physically are entering this den. And it's like, these aren't, like, you know, like, I wish they were bigger, like, because, like, you have to be really skinny and, like, kind of, like, squeeze into these things. They are not uh, <laughs> normal-sized at all. Like, I kind of, like, wonder. And also, they're huge. So, like, when you, like, go down in one of them, like, you, like, it's, like, implied that you, like, jump down and you, like, land on the ground, like, three-point style. Because, like, the next scene is, like, you're, like, standing up. But it's massive. It's, like, how big are these things underground? And also... How did you survive this fall? <laughs> it's very much superhero Jack- landings, Christian. Clearly, yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Superhero landings meets Godzilla kaiju. There are titans under the earth, Christian. <laughs> yeah, that, duh. <laughs> the, uh, it's, it must be like some very soft ground that you land on because you're you're still going to break your ankles if you fall from that yeah. distance, even if you land on your feet. 
Yeah, like, you know, there's, there's no yeah. good way. Listen, like, I think about these things. I think about these things all the time. I'm glad someone is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we move on to, uh, we'll go straight into you know some of the review stuff. We do need to talk about. We got our first synopses Man. from the new anime. This anime looks bonkers good. It it's... looks so. I can't even tell you how excited I am for this show. I, the, the footage that they have shown has been really, really cool. Honestly. Yeah, like the, the animation the animation top. quality is great. Yeah. Um, um, so for everyone to know, Friday, Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out. And then Sunday, the new Pokemon anime begins. As we've said in previous episodes. In Japan. In Japan. And inevitably clips will go on social media we mm-hmm. don't have a date for the english dub yet uh for mm-hmm. this new series that's just called pocket monsters or pokemon the series uh the english dub still finishing its sun and moon run here on disney xd in the states but for uh people wanting to know about this new series we've talked about it in previous episodes but the first synopses basically the introductory episode that every anime has that's like filler recap it's going to be told through pikachu's eyes starting from when pikachu <coughs> was a baby as a pichu oh my gosh and we're going to learn about his history like pichu's history before he met professor oak or ash or any of that and it seems to really be ending that pichu is like this tragic orphan whose parents were either killed or caught and then he's adopted oh, no. by kangaskhan and then mm-hmm. it's it, they've implied the kangaskhan gets caught and that's why pichu is so hellbent on not being cool with Ash because mm-hmm. he's like, you're a terrible person. So that's going to tell that story through Pikachu's eyes. And then as the next episodes go forth, the second episode like introduces the new co-lead go and they're bringing in Lugia like in the second oh, episode, geez. like it's insane. They're, they're going full out. They're going to have a third. The third episode will be focused on Ivysaur kind of introducing uh, go and Ash with one another a little bit more tightly. And then they will be heading to the Galar region, I believe in episode four or five. Well, Cause um, they've already showed mm-hmm. clips. So they showed there's that Yamper clip that keeps going. Yeah. So Yamper yeah. will be in, uh, from what we understand, Yamper will show up in the Kanto region. So some of mm-hmm. somebody has caught a Kanto and Galar and come back with it. And so Ash freaks out. And it's the professor's, it's the new professor's daughter yes. who's who's got the amper, who's kind of being introduced as kind of like the third main character of the anime series. Like, I'm really curious about how this format's going to work out because, I mean, when they said like, oh yeah, this is going to take place all around the world, people mm-hmm. are like, how the heck is this going to be worked out? And it's basically like Ash and Go are literally just traveling. Each episode seems to be like standalone. And like, I'm kind of curious, like what's... What's the plot? Because, like, one of them, it's, like, Ash gets, like, you know, assigned to, like, figure out why a bunch of, like, Bulbasaur are evolving to Ivysaur outside Mm -hmm. of Vermilion City. Another one is, like, Ghost catching all these bug-type Pokemon. It's, like... Mm What is going on? Yeah, like by, th- this. It's crazy. This by episode nuts. ten, they run into Ho Oh. So like, <laughs> like there. So you get Lugia insane. and Ho Oh in the first the, ten episodes. Within the first ten episodes, like this anime is not kidding around. <laughs> like, yeah, so, it's so interesting that uh, like Pokemon of the legendaries that they would pick to to bring back, it's like those two. Yeah, well, and like I mean, Go's ultimate goal is to find Mew. Hmm. So like, it's I don't know. I'm like, I'm enamored with this series already. Like, I am so excited. If on <laughs> for anyone's listening, <laughs> if you check comicbook.com on Sunday, it's just going to be a smorgasbord of Pokemon <laughs> articles because I'm going to be dissecting everything. <laughs> I am I am 
genuinely intrigued by the series a lot more so like sun and moon i feel like is a, was a bit of an acquired taste um mm. like in, in a good way like in the best possible way it was such a departure from the the previous format and the animation style but like all of like the early synopsis was like yeah ash is in class and some shit goes down <laughs> um <laughs> like that's literally what every single episode is like it's yeah. like yeah Ash is in class and learns about pancakes. It's like, what? <laughs> and like, this one's like, yeah, no, Ash, Ash is going to ride on Lugia. Uh, Ash, Ash is, you know, like, you know, just living his best Pokemon life. It's, it's crazy. Like, they're just like going from like, oh yeah, slice of life. Ash is, you know, going to go to school to like, it's like Ash is having encounters that you dreamed about when you were a kid. Like he's living your dreams. Yeah. Every last one of them. Anything you could possibly think of, Ash is doing it. Like, oh, like what? You you want to like ride on Lugia through the oceans? Yeah, Ash is doing it. Like, <laughs> oh, you want to watch like Ho-Oh, like resurrect some dead Pokemon? Ash is doing it. Like, oh, you want to catch Mew? Ash's friend or rival, whatever the heck he is, is doing it. Yeah. Like Ash's friend is literally going to catch all like 800 plus Pokemon species and there's nothing you can do about it. Look, to yeah. be fair, Ash has ascended to yeah. this uh, stature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so Ash can, can do whatever the hell he wants because he's shown us he can do whatever the hell he I wants. I, I would love if, like, just the reference and continuity, like, when, like, Go goes, says, like, yeah, my goal is to, like, catch a mythical Pokemon Mew and, like, Ash is like, oh, yeah, like, I've caught, like, three mythical Pokemon in the last, like, two months. Like, yeah. whatevs. <laughs> like, oh, so yeah. you want to be like me and literally all my friends in the Alola region? Because we all had mythical Pokemon. Like, every last one of us. Yeah. Like, one of my friends is literally out fishing for mythical Pokemon right, <laughs> right now. It's just, it's so funny because we were, uh, I was watching Sun and Moon with my kid last night. And we were watching the uh, the Buzzwall episode. <laughs> we're just like Buzzwall pops out of one of the wormholes, and all he wants to do is flex. And all it takes is a flex off for Ash to just throw his uh, his ultra his ultra beast ball, and boom, he's caught. Yep. And everyone's yep. like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Meanwhile, everything about this is like, "Be careful!" Buzzwall is destroying everything. He's beating up Pokemon left and right. And all it took was a pose off, and boom, Ash caught it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Ash is that trainer who looks at Pokemon and says, I see you. I see into your soul. And I know the only way for me to capture you is to flex. <laughs> like, that is what separates him. Every other trainer would have tried to fight him. Buswell didn't want to fight. He it, wanted to flex. And so, so yeah. So, I mean, just, because, just for that reason, I mean, like, look, Ash has got it all. He's got it all. Yeah. I'm actually more, I'm really curious to see this, just what seems like is going to be a heartbreaking Pikachu backstory. I can't. But also, too, it's at the, at the uh, same time, it reminds you that, yeah, oh, duh, of course, Pikachu at one point needed to have been a Pichu. And if so. He needs a high friendship level to evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, how did that happen? It's going to so break my someone- heart. It's going to hurt so Oh, it's that Kangaskhan and then the Kangaskhan. If anything oh, happens to that Kangaskhan, <laughs> I'm going to Japan. I'm going to the Pokemon Company and I'm going to say justice for Kangaskhan. Hey, do you remember that Kangaskhan was featured in that like gun violence episode? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm sad again. <laughs> Just, just point that out. Yeah, uh, just saying, there's what? a reason we've never seen that episode in the U.S. <laughs> oh no. Uh, one, one last note on the anime thing, just because I uh, remember seeing something of it, and then I don't remember 
if you guys said anything about it or not, but there are some folks potentially connecting like the giant Venusaur from like the early anime stuff to like to actually maybe connecting it to it being a Gigantamax or Dynamax, whatever one of the two is. I mean, it was a robot, though. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people because, like, Team Rocket had a giant Pikachu, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and, like, like, all the giant meows, and they built a bunch of those mechas, and a lot of people are saying, like, I wonder if there's going to be, like, something, like, in the Galar region. They have Dynamax Pokemon. They have Gigantamax Pokemon. You know, kind of like Godzilla, they're giant monsters, and so who mm. did they build to fight Godzilla when they couldn't beat him? <laughs> Mecha Godzilla. They, so they, they turned. Built, they yeah. turned to Team Rocket. Yeah. So they built all of these giant robots, and so a lot of people are like, "What if Team Rocket and Giovanni began as the creators of those mm. monsters for the Goliath region?" But then they realized they didn't need them, so they went elsewhere. <laughs> Which Maybe. again. I subscribe to it, so. Maybe that massive tentacle that wrecked Vermilion City a while back. Wasn't it Vermilion City that yeah, they wrecked? Yeah, they never showed that episode here. <laughs> no, they did. They no, did. They, I, it was, yeah. you saw it illegally, Hoffer. They canceled that because it happened really close to September 11th. No, but that happened three years. It aired three years before. Yeah, but they went, they, they, they took it they out made, of circulation then. Well, I'm sure they did, but we, we all <laughs> got to watch it during the first run just because yeah. we didn't see it in syndication. I mean, some of us watched the Pokemon anime from the start. <laughs> I specifically, and it's on the DVD. Well, I yeah, it's the on DVD. the DVD. It's on Hulu and like whenever, like overseas and stuff, but like it's no longer in rotation in the US. No, it is. Like you could, you previously, you could go on Netflix in the United States and watch that episode. I know this because my son was like, what is this, like, crazy nonsense? Like, literally two episodes ago, like, like Brock was petting a Vulpix. And now, <laughs> like, you know, like, tentacles wrecking cities. Huh. Well, last I knew it was banned. Anyways. Oh, well. He learns on the news every day. Boom. Second uh, poke fact of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to sometime do like a special episode that just goes through like the band or pulled from TV. Oh, yeah. There's so would many. Be, uh, We've already uh, mentioned anime. two of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get Megan and Christian slots on Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I'm excited. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you in a bit. Okay, you both have had time with the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jim has not. Yes, you right. haven't. I have lived vicariously through them, though. Yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, I've read. I, so Christian's review is the one that's live on the site. I've spoken. To, I spoke to Megan about it yesterday, and yeah. it sounds like you two have some fairly different thoughts about the game. Where where Megan didn't give me a number. But when I spoke to you, mm-hmm. I got the impression that you probably would have given it a lower score than Christian did. So I think I don't. I got. I don't. Christian not, gave it a four. Christian I gave, gave it a four. In the video review, would which you have will given a four. Yeah, so we'll have a video review coming up that I did for comicbook.com, and I gave it a four out of five. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think Hoffer also because we were talking yeah, about Hoffer it individually. It yeah. Um. So I haven't read his whole review. He can he can give a capsule bite of it. But yeah, I wound up giving it a four out of five. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I th- I think a four out of five is fair. Like I, I so the reason I gave it a four out of five is is for a couple of reasons. Um, so on the positive, this is easily 
the best Pokemon game we've had in several generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least going back to Black and White uh, 2, uh, maybe even Heart Gold and Soul Silver. The problems with it. So, you know, like the, the game is gorgeous to look at. The wild area is fantastic. Um, I, I liked how they handled the Dynamax mechanic compared to how Mega Evolution and Z moves worked. Um, so those, those are all the positives. It's a great Pokemon game. The Galar region is fantastic. It's beautiful to look at. The, 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 it actually feels like it has a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the problems that I have with it is that one, it, it falls into so many of the problems that people have complained about the Pokemon franchise for a long time. Um, one, uh, the, the post game content is mediocre at best. Not allowed to talk about it too much. But I can say that if you're expecting robust post-game, you're not going to get it. Um, The storyline is weird, but every Pokemon storyline is weird. (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's a storyline that's made for eight-year-olds. It's a very linear game, perhaps more so. Like, the more I've thought about, like, I wrote the review earlier this week, and I've, like, you know, continued to, like, gestate on it. And like the more I think about it, the more I think it's like it is it's it's a very, very linear game. Like you can take like side stops doing like the wild yeah. area stuff, and I highly recommend that, but it is so freaking linear. It is a um, straight and, line. <laughs> and you know, and that's fine in a lot of ways. I mean, it it these are issues that the Pokemon franchise has, that Game Freak has with the development of these games. But you see in stuff, like, you see little glimpses, like the Wild Area and how it handles Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing um, and the raids and stuff like that, that you could see, like, this franchise could be more, especially on the Nintendo Switch. They no longer have the excuse of, well, the 3DS limits us. They no longer have the excuse of, well, we have to code in 800 plus Pokemon species. They, they don't have those excuses anymore. And so when you look at this game, it's a good game. It could have been a great game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I gave it a four. And I'm not going to give another Pokemon game a five until we actually see some of that innovation that they've promised us. Yeah, that that's very much where I fall with my with my review. Um, I mean, I agree with everything. I have, anyone who's like willing to like listen to me about this game, I've just been like singing the praises of the wild area. Yeah. It is such such a cool, immersive thing. Like, I mean, you you look at it, and you're like, wow, that's this is so cool, and it's it's resourceful. It's I mean, it's good for either casual players or new players or hardcore players. Yeah. You, I found myself continuously coming back to it because even if you have you know a party that works for whatever goal you're trying to achieve if you go back to the wild area you will be able to enhance it even more so yeah and for somebody who's just who enjoyed that grind i very much appreciated that so is the so you guys would then approve of the new experience share system then yeah yeah, i've always used the the experience share share so here's here's the thing so there's like two kinds of like people complaining about this game. Like, you know, there are people who wish, you know, who feel that Game Freak is cutting features and making dumbing the games down. And I, I do see that on some level. Like at no point in this in this game was I really challenged. There was only one gym that I came down to having two Pokemon or less. Yeah. Uh, and that was simply because I 
um, forgot about a type disadvantage. And like, you know, like I just didn't think about it until I came in there and I still won. So, you know, there's, there's no real challenge here. And so people complain and like, you know, the XP share, which is now like a mandatory feature as opposed to an optional one that you can turn off. You know, the, the point of that is to streamline the game. And it does. Like, you know, like you can toss in a Pokemon, sit it on your sixth slot and like just level it up continuously mm-hmm. um, while your other five Pokemon do the work. Um, the There's a new feature in which you can switch out your Pokemon literally at any time. You do no, no longer have to go to a Poke Center uh, to access your boxes. Uh, now that's locked in certain like like spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like when you're like grinding in the wild area, when one of your Pokemon get knocked out, you can just simply switch it out with one that's healthy and you can keep doing that and doing that and doing that. And like, I like these features. Like I like XP share. Like I don't want to have one of my Pokemon, you know, send it out, recall it, put in a new Pokemon. It's grindy. It's very grindy. Mm-hmm. Some people love that. Some people love the, uh, uh, the process. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like doing a Zen garden. Some people, some people really like, you know, uh, scraping, you know, like, you know, raking those rocks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, other people don't, other people don't have that amount of time to put into the game. You know, would I mind if the XP share could be turned off? Yeah, no, like that, that, I I don't see why that isn't still an optional feature. I think that's a little bit silly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But does it impact me personally? No. Will it impact 95% of people? No. Mm -hmm. The the other people who are complaining about this game are people who have a very fixed idea about what video games should be. They see how big the Pokemon franchise is, and they do not understand why this game is not always like a Dragon Age 2 experience or whatever, like a Breath of the Wild experience or something like that. And there's like some legitimacy to those complaints. Like, you know, you you compare Pokemon Sword and Shield to Breath of the Wild and Mm -hmm. like the Breath of the Wild graphics are better. That's just an objective fact. Um, However, uh, this is a Pokemon game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I like I remember I was playing this game and my wife was watching and she's like looks at it and she's like, man, are are all the Pokemon smooth? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, why can't you see their fur? And it's like, who who what 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 (laughs) benefit would that bring to the franchise? And like, you know, there's people who like think of that like, oh, why? Why aren't they putting in all this time and extra energy? And it's like, you know, because one. These games are going to sell regardless. Two, uh, I think it's 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 frankly it's unnecessary. Well, like I, I mean, I don't, like, I, 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 I don't think the, the the reason that these games are going to sell should be a a, a an excuse really for anything. Like yeah, I mean yeah, the games are going to sell because the franchise is a, a monster house. But that shouldn't necessarily be an excuse for. But I'm not I'm not looking for 10,000 individually placed hairs on sure. the back of my, you know, Growlithe. Like that's not something this franchise needs or wants. This is these these this it's always it's always had a cartoony aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I, I think that even with the wild area and stuff like that and that open world and like I said, it's gorgeous. It's freaking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But you know, like comparing it to like you know some of these other like AAA game franchises, it it's just not what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you know, and also I think that some people just don't like they 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 kind of forget. And like I said, I I I too agree with some of this. Like I think the Pokemon, I think Game Freak plays these games too safe. 
you know, I think that, you know, there's like really easy to correct mistakes and I don't understand why they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, look, and I, I also think too, like you always see in general, whenever like someone like uses and the Unreal Engine to make a mod or something and you just yeah. think of like, yeah. oh my gosh, what, you know, imagine uh, a Pokemon game that looked like this. And I, and I think as... A gener- like generations of gamers get older, there's that want to want the- your games to sort of grow up with you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, while also having to realize that, you know, these games are not just for you, even though you got older. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I would love a game that looked like that. And I mean, so would I, but I, Game Freak is never going to make that. That's not yeah. what Game Freak does. Even yeah. even Game Freak's non-Pokemon games don't look right. like that. Yeah. No, That's for like, sure. That's like saying, like, why why am I not getting uh, a realistic looking Mario? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why 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 am I not getting like an actual like slightly tubby Mario who's got a five o'clock shadow, a normal <laughs> nose, you know? And you know, like like I want a gritty Mario game. Well, it's like okay. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's the same thing that you see. I mean, with with comic book movies. I mean, where comicbook.com, sure. That's a it's a huge 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 conversation with fans is we want darker, we want grittier. A lot of times it's backfired and on the occasion it's done well. If you look at Joker, mm. things like that. It's the same thing for video games and very much the Pokemon company knows its brand. It knows its brand is consistent with an mm. age group and it is wonderful that there are people like us and millions of others who are growing up with the franchise and find our like nostalgic joy and innovation with it. As older people, yeah, we can go to the extreme and say, you know, we want an Unreal Engine. We want 20,000 defined hairs on <laughs> Growlithe's beard. Like, I mean, that's something we I can... I want to see the fire in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's Literally. something we can request. Like, I- but, but Pokemon is... That's what Pokemon is. And there is the argument for saying, like, yes, Pokemon could be more. But if you fundamentally change, like, what that franchise is inherently going, like, going I through, that, I that feel like that's very, dishonest. I think that'll be a very interesting question slash crossroads. If, I'm not saying the Pokemon company would ever get to this point, but if they did, would they ever open up going with another developer to create a side game that has similar gameplay mechanics to the Game Freak made games, but on a next gen type of experience. Like I and and the door has already been opened to that aesthetic with Detective Pikachu. Yes and no. I mean, so here's 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 the thing. Like, you know, I, I think that weirdly enough the Pokemon company has really moved away from like side series that aren't mobile games. Right. We've, yes. we've yeah. seen that like, cause they used to have stuff like Pokemon Coliseum. Like everyone mm-hmm. points to Pokemon Coliseum and the graphics of that game and compared it to sword and shield, which partially was ridiculous. Like, you know, one, one's on the N64, the other's on the switch, but yeah. also there was two different companies who made it and two different mindsets of how the, how to make a game like that. And I loved Pokemon Coliseum. Like, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was great. And it wasn't for the N64. It was for the GameCube. Excuse me. Um, I don't think that we'll see something like that again. And I think that it, it, unless, you know, we really go like a two or three year gap between Pokemon games. Like, I don't think we're going to get a 2020 Pokemon game. Like, I don't. Um, 
Now, if we don't get a 2021 Pokemon game, uh, if if Pokemon, whatever the next Pokemon game doesn't come out to 2022 or 2023, I think then they're going to look at that. But as long as Game Freak can reliably churn out a Pokemon game, and I think that is part of the problem with this franchise, like in terms of these main series games, is there is an expectation to get these games out to sell them. You know, I, I, I think that when we, some of the complaints about this franchise ignores that reality. Now, are there solutions to that? Yes. And it's exactly what you said. Like, open, give give a third-party studio a chance to make another game. And they used to do that with, like, Pokemon Ranger and Pokemon, um, I forget what's the one where it's, like, the pun- Pokemon Dungeon Master or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Mystery Dungeon. All right, that's, uh, it's like Super Mario RPG. You know, those are fine games, but I don't think that they're ever going to do like a main series game. Only it's like, you know, like Knights of the Old Republic or something like that. You <laughs> well, know? Yeah, and I, I think, and, and to be fair, we've strayed far yeah. away from. I was like, I was like we I don't even know what the point of this reviewing was. Sword and Shield. But I, I, I do have some questions about Sword and Shield before we we do have to wrap up in in a bit. Uh. Obviously, some of the other you know newer gameplay mechanics. Curry, can you guys talk about curry at all? Does it matter? Do you care? I liked it. I use it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so I don't know what all I'm allowed to say about it. Um, no, you can talk. The, you can talk about your impressions about it. You don't necessarily need to go into the fine, I, you know, yeah, I know how it's actually it's, used. I think that the curry dex controversy is a bit overblown. It's a very simplistic process. It's it's fine. It's functional. There, yeah. there is an actual solid point to it um, yeah. that I, I really like. Yeah. Um, I just never did it. I honest, I'm gonna me honestly. I don't. Mm. I never set up my camp once. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I just found myself, I mean, and another thing in the so game you did, is so you it's didn't really, play with your Pokemon. Like, wasn't that well, supposed no, to be so, like a big? Well, so here's what I would do. It's pretty easy to get money in the game, even when you're not doing trainer battles. So, like, I would yep. just stock up on like you know actual like pokemart stuff you know mm-hmm. heal my pokemon revives super potions whatever um and then when you're in the wild area i mean you see other people with camps out rather than set yeah. up my own camp i would rather them interact with those pokemon and when you make curry at another camp they will assist you so i would just always mark and locate where these other camps were and i would just go to their camp <laughs> I, I i didn't care to set up my own um but the functionality that you get from the camps i think is great um that you mean know, they've said it in trailers it helps with xp mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. depending on how you play with them and when you play with them and it's, it's pretty cute to see them play mm-hmm. like it's pretty yeah. adorable um it's kind of like it reminded me of nintendogs a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> which i loved nintendo one of the other complaints that i've seen and to be fair a lot of the reviews came out today, and most of them, I would say 90% of them, were either 9 out of 10s, 4 out of 5s. There were a few there detractors a- here or there. Some maybe, some were a little uh, more in the middle of the road. But one of the, the common things I saw in some of the, the early reviews were people really got bored and didn't really like the starters. So, uh, I will admit, so Hoffer... You pick. I picked Grookey. You picked Grookey. I picked Sobble. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So neither of us have picked Score Bunny. So if you're listening and you're a Score Bunny stand, we can't help you right now. Um, Score Bunny is going to be who I pick for the record. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sobble, I felt like, was a really great pick for me. Um, 
I just have a natural tendency to work best with water types when mm-hmm. I strategize, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of his evolutions, uh, obviously, Sobel, super cute. I mean, when they start, they're all adorable, so mm-hmm. that's great. As they, the middle evolution, I was just like, nah. He really, as an evolved form, I don't particularly use him much. He's just so leveled up in my party. I keep him there <laughs> as like an emergency <laughs> backup. He does have one move, a learn set, however, though, the one that he gets when he evolved to his third form and was he wants to learn this. That move was my ace in the hole. Mm. If I yeah. was, unless I was at a severe type advantage, like, and that's basically with every game. Like, it's it, it wasn't innovative. I will admit, I was kind of iffy on how the final evolution of Sabo looked. Um, but now I love him. He is my small salamander frog son. Um, <laughs> but I will say, having played through the game and seen Grookey's final evolution, I was like, damn, he looks cool. <laughs> so I don't know how your experience with him went. Yeah, I, I like Grookey. Uh, I like his final evolution. Um, I... I largely like I I Grookey was a uh, Grookey has remained a part of my core team that I used to beat the game. He was not my strongest Pokemon. Uh, yeah. He was a solid rotational player. He yes. is not the LeBron James of my team. He is more like uh like the Kevin Love of my yeah. team. Uh, like solid solid choice. Uh, there were choices made with all three starters. I will say that uh, having been on the internet, there is a GIF that is running around showing Scorbunny's final evolution using his special move, and it looks awesome. I think that they made some interesting choices with the starter evolutions. I am content with my choice to yeah. pick Grookey, and I, yes. I shall leave it at that. Due to, and I'm content uh, with mine. I guess, so my, my follow-up is going to be more, though, do you see yourself as you continue playing the game, will the starter have a permanent spot, you think, on your main roster? Uh, it depends. Not. I mean, so <laughs> there is... Megan's already so, well, yeah, there's, there's, there. there's like two or three good, really good water Pokemon in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one of the interesting things about this game is that there seems to have been a conscious decision to bolster uh, certain types of Pokemon that mm-hmm. are usually underrepresented in the yes. f- in games. Um, and that comes so at the cost. Um, <laughs> well, not as much, not as even as much Ponyta. I mean, there's psychic Pokemon are all have, there's lots of psychic Pokemon. Um, I can't really, but, uh, I can say that steel Pokemon, uh, because we've seen Duraludon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there, there seems to have been a conscious decision. There aren't very many, in my opinion, really good grass type Pokemon in this game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Grookey and Grookey's final form has been a pretty, standard part of my game because of that i i mm. like having a good grass type pokemon on there um and he fulfills that role uh yeah. with sobble had i picked sobble i have two other really good water pokemon one of which is a main part or you know part of my team uh yeah. you know i've i've used two there's two new water pokemon one of which is dreadall um that i probably you know would have used and with score bunny there is, there are actually not a lot of fire Pokemon mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, I used a fire Pokemon, which I'm not allowed to talk about. 
Um, but you know, I could have seen myself had I not, if I had picked Score Bunny, I could see Score Bunny remaining a part of my team and that Pokemon getting the cut. I like that Pokemon personally. I'm really glad that he's on my team. However, had Score Bunny been on my team, I probably never would have gone through the pains of training it. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's fair. like the best part about it. It like not having Score Bunny forced me to use that Pokemon because you really don't have too many other options. I don't. I, I was about to say it's it's kind of tricky because like I'm like dancing around. <laughs> uh, like, what am I allowed For to say? Anyone listening who's frustrated, just be like, "Oh my god, just say it." We promise. Next I week, next episode is going yeah. to be a no holds barred. We're gonna get get Everything. into the nitty gritty. Yes, I I, I will. My, no, go ahead. Well, I was supposed to say this is completely superfluous and like no one's gonna care but me. But we've seen you can customize your trainer like intensively with clothing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. My trainer. I wish I was her. <laughs> she has the best sense of fashion. I am in love. Like, it caters to every kind of style you would want. Tomboy, preppy, like, alternative, goth, hipster. They have clothes that, like, Kanye West collection would be proud to spark. Like, I love it. Like, that, like, post-game for me has basically been me just, like, training on my Pokemon, getting my I need money to buy clothes. fictional clothes. Yeah, because, like, I went through the entire game without changing my appearance once. And then right before I went into the final battle, I was like, oh. I am, I honestly, got talking about bad. money, I am shocked that there are not like that that form of microtransaction is not something that is implemented in the game. Man, they'd get and- me on it. <laughs> they would get me on it. If the you bunny- watch the review that comicbook.com's gonna have, I, I did the footage for it and you will see my trainer and please send all of your compliments to <laughs> at Megan Peter C V on Twitter. <laughs> Christian, final thoughts? Uh my final thought is is honestly the thing that stands out about this game is the new Pokemon there there are very few messes here like i mm-hmm. love them all like they're, they're even 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 the weird ones are great there there is a pokemon that we will talk about which has like a i what i think is a special like exclusive move to it and it is by like the first time i saw it i busted out laughing i was laughing for a solid 5 minutes and there's a <laughs> lot of that like there's a lot of like this is this is freaking great yeah. like you know you will be captivated by this game if you are a pokemon fan you will like this game you know, there's there's some standard frustrations, but like, you know, yeah. that joy of discovery and exploration is still there. Yeah. Nice. The whole time I played it, I just kept going, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Now, uh, before we get into the Pokemon fact of the week, we read listener reviews on the show. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes and we read it on the show, we will also send you a comicbook.com t-shirt. Christian wore it on the air last week. I missed I've- that. Um, I slept in it like three nights this week. <laughs> I mean, they are pretty soft. Let's well, part of it. Here. Part of it is my wife is currently pregnant and she is raiding my clothes like it's nobody's business. And, um, you know, she saw that shirt when I got like the package. She's like, oh, I think that shirt's going to be mine. I'm like, no, I have worked 
for four years to get this shirt. <laughs> so it's like, she'll like be like, where's your comicbook.com shirt? And I'll like walk out of the bathroom wearing it. It's like, oh, this, I'm sleeping in it. You can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to say too, as kind of a, a general PSA, because one of the reviews we got uh, was a two-star review. And it was basically, uh, I think it was one, one or two episodes where um, I had, we had boasted about how we, we thought we were the best Pokemon podcast. And I want to say, all of that is purely in jest. While, yes, we do think very highly of ourselves. We, we're, we're very proud of the product that we put Ex- out. There are, there are many Pokemon podcasts out there who are all very great. And if it were not for them, you know, this would probably not necessarily be a thing. So I just yeah. want to put that out there. Well, yes, we love what we do. We love what you guys do. We obviously have a little bit of pride for ours, and we want to think ours is the best one. Uh, you we're know, just we're, like Ash. We Ketchum. just want to be Ash. We, we just, just want to be, be the very best. best. Exactly. Like no one ever was. And so, uh, but yeah, but like I said, th- that that was more. We have love for our Pokemon podcast brethren, uh, but uh, seriously, just tell more friends about ours. <laughs> All right, let me get to the reading. Uh, we got two uh, that I want to read, and then we'll jump into the Pokemon Fact of the Week and wrap this baby up. First one is from Scott James Fisher, uh, hooked from the start. Let me say, uh, let me start by saying I never write reviews, but I felt compelled to, to in this case, this podcast perfectly, perfectly captures my love of Pokemon with these captivating hosts and an incredible flow to their show. The Pokemon Fact of the Week goes beyond surface level and actually teaches you something. The more you know. The audio quality is strong as well. Uh, all of this to say that you've got a lifetime listener in me from here on out. Thanks for putting a smile on my face every episode. Thank you, Scott James Fisher. Thank you. This next Thank one you. is uh, is a bit of a long one. So here we go. This is from uh, Foxy J. Five stars is simply isn't enough. I was never wow. one big on podcasts. I usually thought of them to be a conversation that I cannot contribute my own thoughts to, and it kind of frustrated me until I found this particular podcast. I look forward to the show every week as it brings joy to my car rides to work and class. I sometimes when and sometimes when I'm taking the kid, I babysit for a walk. <laughs> I got hooked from the start and found myself going back to the show uh, from the beginning. Jim, Megan, and Christian make you feel like you are part of the discussion as I often find myself talking with them when I'm alone in my car. (laughs) I'm bummed that I'm bummed. I already caught up on all the episodes, but that means there's extra excitement and anticipation when a new episode comes out. I have to say Geodude was one of my personal favorite Pokemon (gasps) of Brock's after Vulpix. There was a caveat. There was a personal favorite of Brock's after until Brock's, uh, Brock got Vulpix. Brock's learned. Bulbasaur is, is probably my favorite Ash Pokemon because of his resp- uh, his responsible personality and how he helps and protects everyone in their group uh, and at Professor Oak's lab. And Megan. Vaporeon is my second favorite EV evolution right after Umbreon. <laughs> Good choice. These, these Pokemon are all amazing with amazing abilities in their own way. And uh, But the one Pokemon that holds a special place in my heart as a personal favorite is Ninetales. <gasps> I look forward to the Pokefax. Uh, I look forward to the Pokefax. The October ones being especially my favorite because there were the creepy aspects in uh, that they were based off of. Your podcast is amazing. You guys are amazing, and I am so glad that I found this podcast. I don't know what uh, I don't know what name this review will be placed under, as I prefer Spotify. But I felt like it was my duty to gush over this podcast and confirm you guys are doing an amazing job. I cannot wait for the next episode, and I look forward to future discussions. I creep on your guys. I creep on you guys on Twitter. So if you guys get random tweets slash questions. <laughs> 
Jones from Foxy J. That's me, hand wave. And you yeah. guys are awesome. Please keep up the good work. Oh, and please don't ever cancel this podcast because then I'd have to cry in a corner somewhere and give up podcasts and comicbook.com forever. <gasps> so it Signed, Jane, yeah. Foxy J. Okay, Foxy J, first thing, thank you. Second thing, <laughs> you'll hurt her, Jim. We can never cancel this. And third thing, yep. please record the conversations you have with us <laughs> in your car and just like shoot them to us on Twitter. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find, find we'll a way, find to, some get way to, to, to get them in there. <laughs> we'll just, so I'll one, one of these days we mic. should do like. One of these days we should do like a call on show or something like oh that. My God, oh my God, it would man. be amazing. Or like just get a number where we just answer like, <laughs> well, one day, one episode coming up, maybe before the end of the year, we oh will man. do a listener mail, call in or, or write, write to us type thing. Best Pokemon mm. of the uh, decade. And like, yeah, it's, oh. Uh, no, 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 we are not doing a decade. We're, We're doing a decade list. No, no, right. no. Christian, Pokemon fact of the week, hit us up. Yes, yes, so. Uh, last week we talked about Caterpie and his uh, special organ. Uh, this week we're, we'll be talking about Weedle. Uh, now, I learned this because I did way too much research on this. Weedle does not have a particular kind of insect that it's based around. Uh, it's sort of supposed to be a wasp larva, but one, wasp larvas are gross <laughs> as heck. Like, I saw so many pictures of, like, insects infested by wasp larva Ooh. and like ah, oh it's no. it's like so no. gross so gross don't however, do it however scientists did name a wasp species after weedle I uh, that. that's fairly recent wasn't it yeah it was i believe last year yeah, i remember that yeah so it was the uh stentor stento creps stentor seps weedle uh, and basically the reason why it was named that, as opposed to like, why aren't they, why didn't they call it Beedrill? Is because the wasp actually has like a ridge that resembles the spike on Weedle's head, uh, on its head. So they both have like the same, like, uh, like pointy thing. Like clearly the wasps isn't poisonous because it has an actual stinger. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that, that's where the poison comes out. But they're like, oh, hey, this is probably what Weedle would actually evolve into instead of the, you know, terrifying horror that is Beedrill. So yeah, that's yeah. your that's your fact of the week. This was a rare case where art imitates it was a life. Or wait, life imitates art as opposed to art imitating mm. life. Nice. Yeah, I, I it's and that that was one of those moments where you realize that like like Pokemon has really sort of broken through <laughs> and is is in all is appreciated by people in all professions and all aspects and walks of life in a way that some scientist was able to get away with naming a bee species after a Pokemon. So there's been like a dozen different like dinosaur and current yep. species that have been named after Pokemon. But can you imagine like Game Freak, like, you know, they're, they're like some Game Freak's PR person is like looking through like their Pokemon Google searches and like this pops up and it's like, guys, we finally made it. We finally <laughs> had a wasp named after us. And like everyone breaks out into cheers. It's like, we're done. The Pokemon franchise is over. We can compl- accomplish nothing else. We've hit it. We've done everything we can. That's it. And we're just getting closer and closer to Pokemon being actual real life things. Now wait yeah. until someone actually finds a Lickitung. Oh god. Oh. There we I don't go. even I don't even know. Well, no, we already did a Lickitung fact. Cuz you know, it's it's fact. it's it's the it's it's based on the yokai that cleans up the <laughs> toilets. Oh god, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh that's twice. Go back and I'm find sorry. that one. Uh yeah. yeah, that's that's a horrifying one. 
Yep. Um. Anyways, yeah. Sorry, anyway, I used to. I'll be sure. A to wild podcast has appeared. Shows up every Thursday. Once a week, we talk for about an hour about your favorite pocket monsters. And this week, uh, like I said, we uh, had our thoughts on Sword and Shield. Next week. No holds barred. We will go into every nitty bitty detail, things that we loved, things that we don't like, things that we're uh, nervous about, excited about, any and all of that is all going to be in next week's Mm. episode. It'll give me some time to play the game. It'll give you some time to play the game. And uh, Christian and Megan are already Pokemon masters, so who the hell cares about them? But uh, anyway. over here on our (laughs) (laughs) call. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was too busy playing sword right now. Uh, uh All right. Uh, If you guys want to catch up with us on Twitter, uh, like our reviewer Foxy J uh, mentioned, uh, you can find me at Jim Viscardi. I'm at Megan Peters CB. And I'm at Seehofer Seabus. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we will catch you next week.